Welcome again to the Moving in the Right Direction podcast, a podcast that is designed to successfully guide seniors and their families in moving from their longtime homes to the lifestyle that they deserve. I am your host, Chris Essenberg, and once again, I am joined by senior real estate specialist and author, Bruce Nemovitz. How are you, Bruce? Welcome back. Great. Great to be back again, Chris. I got to ask, because of course, it's another week. We are still in this crazy market. Are there any new updates on the market since we spoke last? You know, Chris, uh, I would like to say things are moving quickly, but we're kind of at a standstill where buyers are so plentiful and they're all out looking for a home and they can't find one. And the sellers are deciding, should I sell at this point or do I wait another month or two till the weather warms up, depending on where you live? So we as agents are twiddling our thumbs, waiting for one of these two things to happen. So it sounds like a real standoff situation, just like the old West, both uh, the uh, the buyers and the sellers are just uh, staring the other side down. But uh, hopefully within uh, the next coming weeks, months, uh, we hope to see that resolve, you think? I really do. I think folks are just sort of repositioning themselves. It's sort of like a bear in hibernation coming out of that den and and just looking at the world and deciding which way do I turn uh, since the pandemic uh, seems to be, I hope, at an end and and vaccinations are pretty plentiful. So uh, I do think um, the new spring may be in the fall. That does make sense, though, with the way things are going, you know, we're seeing those signs of life, but it's going to take a little longer before, you know, more and more people are vaccinated, more and more people are really starting to move. So we're not going to see that traditional spring that we are so used to seeing in the uh, in the market. So I want to get to our first guest. Very excited to have her today. She's a certified senior and specialty move manager. She's also the owner of Smart Moves, which has been helping people downsize since 2003. I want to welcome in Melinda Stewart. So great to have you, Melinda. Welcome. Thanks, Chris. I'm happy to be here. So Melinda, I, I suppose it makes sense to start at the very beginning here and ask, how does someone know if they need to downsize? <laughs> well, I think people innately know when they need to downsize. Um, but it is an interesting question. I actually was at the National Association of Senior and Specialty Move Managers last week, virtually. And mm-hmm. they were talking about a study where over a 1000 people who were 60 years and older were surveyed and 60% said they felt they had more possessions than they needed in their home. So that's the majority of us, right? We, we feel like we have too much of what we have in our homes and it's appropriate for us to think about downsizing. But what normally happens, right? We go through different stages. We try different hobbies. We collect things over time. And then when we're maybe done with that chapter, instead of getting rid of it, we put it in the basement or the attic and it's out of sight, out of mind. So what causes somebody to make the change? I would say we find that there's like four main things. One, as Bruce will tell you, is when it's time to move and downsize to a smaller space, you can only fit so much in that new space. So that's kind of an an obvious one. Um, Another thing is maybe when somebody's health changes. So maybe you had to have a knee surgery or you need to um, bring a 
a walker or a wheelchair into the home and you need to clear out some space, you might need to downsize to make room for wider walkways. That's another big motivator. And then the other two are a little bit more um, maybe emotionally tied. So sometimes it maybe is to avoid embarrassment or leaving a strain to others to deal with your things. Um, At one of the presentations that Bruce and I did together, a client came up to me and said she was going to be having a routine surgery nothing major, no big worries, but just that idea of never knowing for sure what's going to happen. Her first thought was, I want to go through my stuff (laughs) before I have this surgery. So no one else has to look at it or make choices for me. So I think that's a, a big motivator. And then the last one I would say, and this one is totally applicable right now. We all just went through a crazy year of feeling a loss of control with the pandemic. We did. Um, but any time in our life where we, we feel a sense of a loss of control, I think organizing our home and the space around us can really help mitigate some of that sense of unknown and unsure. If you don't care, I'll tell a little story personally of a time where this was helpful to me. Of course. So when my children were born, they were only 12 months apart. And I was facing some health issues myself at the time and operating on very little sleep. So sometimes day to day, I felt like I was kind of holding on by a thread. (laughs) And every once in a while, the stars would line up, my children would nap at the same time. And I would organize a linen closet, I would, (laughs) I saw Martha Stewart once show me how to fold the towel correctly, I would fold all the towels exactly the same, I'd get rid of any old medication things and that linen closet looked amazing. And so when everything else in my life felt chaotic and a little out of control, that gave me a sense of having control over something. I can relate to that. Having three boys, I'll talk to you offline about getting you over here and having talking to them about downsizing some stuff in their room. I don't have a walker and I often have a very hard time myself walking around their room with all the clutter and all the stuff. So my gosh, I can only imagine the sense of serenity I would get if that was a little bit less cluttered. Definitely. And research supports that. They say when we have less clutter or um, congestion in our space around us, we can make decisions better. We have less stress, our health improves. So there's a lot of reasons that organizing and downsizing can really benefit us. I also, you know, want to say, Melinda, you, you know this too, but I work with so many uh, seniors that move into, let's say, senior communities or apartments. And one thing they'll tell me after they've downsized is that they feel totally free. It's, it's like a, a freedom uh, starting a new chapter in their life. And they also feel so good that they were able to give away the things that were just sitting in their attic and their basement uh, with cobwebs on them. So they're, they're so much happier, freer. Life is simple. Definitely. And then you're really surrounded by your favorite things. You know, you're, you're using them. You, you've gotten rid of all the extra. Sometimes our things are giving us negative messages, maybe guilt that we spent the money on it. We're not using it or um, it doesn't fit anymore if it's clothing and we're holding on to an image of a previous self. So letting those things go can really make us feel good for sure. I love the psychological component to it. And I know that after I've, you know, vacuumed, cleaned my place up, uh, I definitely feel much, much better. 
so downsizing is clearly a crucial step to the senior transitional process, but it can be challenging because of course it requires us to let go of items that are no longer needed. And, and frankly, like you were saying, Melinda can cause unnecessary clutter, but it's hard. I mean, earlier today, literally earlier today, I had a good 30 second conversation in my head about whether or not I should throw out headphones I had where only one headphone worked. So these were broken headphones. And I had to talk to myself on whether or not I wanted to throw those out. So regardless about what that says about me, clearly downsizing your home items uh, can be a very easy thing to put off. And in life, uh, what I've found, and I'm sure others too have found, is the biggest hurdle to a task like this is just starting it. So Melinda, then I'm going to ask you, where would you suggest that folks that need to downsize start the process? Yeah, another great question. I think there's two ways to start. One is mentally and the other is physically starting. So when you start mentally, I recommend really visioning what your space will be like after this process. So whether you're moving into a new space or you're organizing the space you're in to really picture what that will look like and feel like. Can you easily find everything you're looking for? Um, do you have just that sense that things are in order? So if someone surprisingly knocks on your door, you can welcome them in without panicking what your home looks like. Um, and, and is there a system in place that you can maintain? You know, your paperwork's in order. So at the end of the year, you know which papers are ready to shred and you can almost feel yourself in that new space that helps us get to where we're going. And then on the physical end, you know, it's really, I always say, don't start with those areas that are really hard for you. You know, if it's um, really emotional or connected to um, some other sentimental attachment, that's not the best place to start. Maybe start with your medicine cabinet or your pantry with it, looking if there's any expired food. Those things are usually pretty easy. And once we can accomplish those smaller tasks, it can really help us move on to some of those harder to tackle areas. I love that. And I know when I've personally tried to start harder tasks like that, you know, picking the easiest part and starting there, that is great, great advice. I even tell people to set a timer. So maybe 15 to 20 minutes to start. And if at the end of that time you think, oh, I want to keep going, try to make yourself stop so that the next day you look forward to coming back to it instead of trying to push yourself for three hours and then never wanting to sort or organize again. So just start in those small pieces and then maybe gradually build up to half hour, an hour, an hour at a time. Well, so Melinda, I know many of those listening to this are members of families that are assisting mom or dad in their move. Uh, so how do you think, uh, in your experience, family members can best support their loved ones that are just starting this downsizing process? Yeah, that can really depend on the family dynamics. So one thing is to do an honest assessment of your family dynamics and know the relationship you have with your parents. If this is something you can work on together with mutual respect and, and care for each other, um, healthy boundaries, those are all important parts of the process. And then really looking at each of your strengths. So are your parents good decision makers and they can 
um, kind of make some of these sorting decisions on their own, or do they need some support with that? Are they connected? Have they volunteered somewhere and they have great resources of where to donate things? Tap into that. Um, are you yourself a super art arranger and you want to help them hang up all their pictures in their new space? Wonderful. That, you know, so kind of assign yourself the tasks that play into your strengths and then look at those areas where you feel like you could use some help. And that's a great time to bring in a professional and um, help negotiate some of those trickier areas for you. Another thing I say is to really avoid shame when you're talking about these things. You don't want to pressure someone or make them feel embarrassed about the state of their home or how many possessions they have. That's not really uh, helpful in moving, moving forward. So Questions like, what is most important to you? What do you want to take with you if you're making a move into the new space? That's really helpful. And if they do offer you things, normally that's something maybe that you want to think more about. But when it's time for them to move and really downsize, if they offer you something and it's not something you're sure you can fit into your life, just for now, take it. Because sometimes it's easier for someone to give it to someone, even if you choose to give it away than them giving it away directly themselves. So if it helps the process move forward and they've been having a hard time letting go of something, they offer it to you, take it for now, and then you can make a decision what to do with it at a later point. But it can just help that whole process keep moving. So I think that's really important because we might just think, well, no, I don't have room for your card table or this or that. But really, I mean, maybe looking at it from the standpoint of I'm actually assisting my loved ones go through this process, which isn't easy. I also love that you talked about playing to people's strengths. I know some people that really pride themselves in being uh, amateur interior decorators and they, you know, or that that's something that they like. And so, you know, go with that, use that, uh, to help the ones that you love. And, you know, if that's not your strong suit, if you have no idea what type of throw pillow is going to go there or, you know, what colors clash, well, there are absolutely wonderful professionals out there that can help. Definitely. We, we, for some reason, seem to have a lot of clients lately that have an engineering background. So mm -hmm. they like to be involved in the floor planning process and figuring out where their furniture is going to go. And, and that's great. And other people that's hard to wrap their mind around. So then we can take care of that piece, but um, really understanding what people want to be involved in is important. You know, Melinda, I have to ask you a question. Uh, I remember when my parents moved, from their last home into an apartment. They had to really downsize years and years of stuff. Well, I recall that um, my parents did not include me in the downsizing process and they got rid of every speck of memory of Bruce <laughs> that was in the world, such as my letter jacket from high school, my awards, uh, everything. There was no trace of me left after they downsized. So. Um, I guess my question to you is, what do you do when, when um, you know, you think maybe your daughter, your son would like to come in and kind of peruse everything? Um, do you give them a deadline? Because I know that the people I talk to tell me, yeah, my son and daughter have to come and look and see what they want. And it takes about three to five years before they ever get over there. Yes. Deadline is the key word there. Um, we've had clients that have rented storage facilities for their children's things, and they've sat there and paid thousands of dollars and no one ever came to look at it. So really having that discussion, if your children are interested, 
Um, if it, if it's no, then you know right away. But if they they do want to look through those things, the deadline is the key because you don't want the moving truck to show up and you still have, you know, bedrooms full of your children's things. When when I first got married, my mom would invite us over for dinner, and I thought, oh, how nice. And every time there would be at least four boxes that I had to take after dinner. That was like my cost of having dinner. I had to take my stuff with me when I left. She said, now that you have your own home, you can deal with your own thing. So, well, at least if my parents would have done that, I could have my letter jacket <laughs> these days, I hope, but yeah, well, I'd like to see you in that letter jacket, Bruce. Maybe <laughs> they did you a favor. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Somebody else is wearing it. I'm sure. Yeah. I also had a coworker once who would wrap up her children's things and momentums as gifts. So maybe it would be their birthday and they'd open up a package of their artwork from kindergarten or uh, their old letter jacket, maybe. Well, (laughs) there it is. So Bruce, maybe I know your birthday is coming up very soon. I know your mom, maybe she's just waiting and she's got that in the wings and boom. Uh, I've searched every inch of her apartment and cannot find a trace of it, nor can I find (laughs) my awards that I received when I was in high school. Well, you know, hopefully, maybe she's just a really good hider. Um, But uh, what that actually brings me to my next point, Melinda, as someone who has helped so many families go through this process, uh, what do you suggest people do with things they aren't keeping? I know we've talked a little bit about that already. What's the number one method that you suggest if there is one? Is it, you know, donation to goodwill? Is it trying to give it away to loved ones? Is it having a yard sale? What would you say? Yeah, it's not really a number one, but it's more of a hierarchy of deciding what to do. So I always do recommend asking family and friends first, if if that's your wish, to see if they want any of those things. Um, and then again, not take it personally if they don't want those things. Even though I said in your previous question as a child of a parent to go ahead and take it, sometimes we can't. Maybe we are in the middle of moving or we don't have space or there's a million reasons why somebody might make that decision. And so as the person offering those things, it's important to understand and not take it personally if they can't take those things. Um, And then the next thing is if you're selling a home, working with Bruce um, or a realtor to see if the buyers might be interested, especially if you have a starter type home, sometimes the buyers are interested in purchasing things. That's a really great win-win option. Uh, From there, we look into different options for selling. If you have items that are sellable, that could be an estate sale, consignment, auction, uh, liquidation, and it could be selling things online or yard sale. We don't recommend that as much as some of the other more secure options. You know, Melinda, I just want to interrupt for a second. I know you mentioned about the purchaser of a home you know, could be your best buyer for certain items. And I know you and I have talked about this, that uh, furniture these days has not much value that, uh, you know, $1,500 couch you bought may bring $50 in, you know, in an estate sale. So um, I know that uh, I tell my clients too, that uh, let's wait till we actually, you know, get an accepted offer on the home. And then why don't we let that that young buyer who maybe is coming from an apartment and needs that couch and needs that table and the dining room set, um, they'll probably be the best purchaser that you'll ever find. Yeah, that is such a great option. And then you don't have to hire movers to move it anywhere or uh, ask your grandkids to do it for you. It's just an easy um, way. And again, a nice win-win for everyone. 
So yeah, we love that option. Then of course the selling, and then we would go to donation. Um, and there's so many things. So again, if you're planning ahead, you have time to really think of places that may be near and dear to your heart. Is it a homeless veterans? Is it Goodwill? Is it a religious organization? So there are a lot of great methods for donation. And then the last one would be to dispose of things. And we try to do that responsibly. If there's things that can be recycled or hazardous waste that needs to be handled a certain way, um, we like to make sure things get to the right method of disposal. So now this is something that I just really personally want to ask. I know you go through help a lot of people downsize. Melinda, I've imagined you've found a lot of stuff. And, and just because I personally have to know, what's the strangest or the craziest thing you've ever found when helping someone downsize? Well, we've found, I think, almost everything. I know one story that is a little bit infamous is a home that we were working on in a state and you would pick up a teddy bear that had a loose seam, reach in, and there'd be $20,000 in there. Or you'd uh, pick up the bathroom scale and there'd be $10,000 taped to the bottom. So um, I I believe there were also uh, over 100 different firearms in that home. And this was all one home with the with the money and the firearms? Yes, I over $150,000 of cash was found in that home. Um, So, you know, those are extreme situations we don't find every day. And we need to involve all the proper authorities. So the police came to check the firearms and the ammunition and uh, the lawyer was there counting and uh, accounting for all the money. So you know, we involved involved a lot of people to make sure both the clients, estate, and our team, and everyone was doing things the right way and keeping everyone safe and accountable. Wow! So there's some great motivation to the families out there. If you need if you need any motivation to help mom and dad downsize, you might find a teddy bear with twenty thousand dollars in it. Who knows? You know, I think uh, uh, too, Chris, that it's so important to find reputable people such as Melinda and our company because. I recall one time I sold a home and we did the final walkthrough and this home had beautiful stained glass and it was gone. All the stained glass was gone. And we then called this person, the seller got, we, we never heard of them. They didn't have a reputable company. Got a hold of that person. The person told the police that the seller said they could take everything that wasn't nailed down. How do you like that? Wow. So uh, again, getting a reputable company is is so critical. You know, I also uh, remember one time a gentleman called me and said that uh, he had just inherited his father's home. His father had passed away. And would I come over and, and, you know, look at the house, see what was in there. And so I go in the house and we went up in the attic. Well, in the attic, there was a ball of string that was about three feet high, three feet in diameter, just string. And as it turned out, um, this son told me that his father would go to the butcher shop, you know, that string they wrap around the meat and everything. He would save every piece of string, tie it to the next one. Well, after doing that for about 50 years, the thing was as big as I told you. But the catch was on top of that was a cigar box and it was filled with little pieces and it said pieces of string too small to save. So how's that for a saver? <laughs> I thought that we were waiting to see a giant cat, but uh, <laughs> but I that is 
That is wild. That is wild. So meat string. It was meat string. I hope that it was adequately washed, but hey, you know what? Uh, to each their own. So um, now, Melinda, I'm guessing that might be a donate or dispose of in your world. Yeah, I'm not sure where a good donation spot would be for that. So I'm going to put that in the dispose of category. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Goodwill would be like, keep driving, keep driving. Not here. Not here, buddy. So um, so I have a guilty pleasure of watching this show. You guys may have heard about it. It's called Tiny Homes. And it is where, where folks downsize and they move into a smaller, more minimalist space. Have you ever, have you ever seen that show? I love that show. Oh, good. Okay, great. So this won't, this isn't weird then. Um, so I bring this up because I wanted to ask you about any trends that you're seeing in downsizing. This may or may not include tiny homes, but I'm curious, are there any current trends in downsizing that you're seeing? Definitely. And again, I think this last year with people being home more through the pandemic, it's, it's on top of many people's minds, the idea of organizing and downsizing your home. There's additional shows, um, Get Organized with Home Edit, Tidying Up from Marie Kondo. There's a book oh, yeah. out, um, Swedish Death Cleaning. <laughs> so there's a lot of a lot of things. If you just search books on downsizing, you'll find many, many topics. Um, but I really do think this speaks to kind of the current trends, people being more mobile, and we just know the more possessions you have, the more that cost in the long run with maintenance and upkeep and storage space. So letting some of that go provides freedom and flexibility that I think a lot of younger people are looking for. So it, it, it's trendy, it's happening, and it can really be good all around for us to let, let things go that we don't need anymore. So Melinda, you and I have worked together in so many uh, homes that that I have sold, and you've played such an integral part in that. And what I mean by that is that often there's there's so many things uh, in the home that are you know on the countertops, um, on the bed, too many dressers, things like that. And uh, Melinda's company has come in and they've sort of downsized the home but left the furniture so that it would show really, really well when the photographer came in to take pictures. And then after the home was sold, then the family downsized to the point they took what they needed and donated the rest. And so for those of you out there that are thinking about selling your home and how am I gonna you know, show it? How is it gonna look in the pictures? Am I gonna keep the furniture? Um, this is a great way to, you know, that you can have a collaboration with the realtor and the downsizing company to get a really successful sale. That's a great point. Melinda, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think that's a really rewarding thing when we can get a house ready for pictures and selling and the client can see that immediate benefit of downsizing and organizing. And senior move managers are all throughout the United States and even in Canada and Australia, it's really a growing industry. So if anyone is looking for a move manager in your area, you can go to nasm.org. It's um, National Association of Senior and Specialty Move Managers, but it's N-A-S, one single S, M-M.org and click on search for a senior move manager near you. It's a great place to turn when you need that professional help and move managers are here to help with both the emotional and physical aspects of your downsizing and moving. 
Great. And we'll make sure to put that website in the show notes to this episode. So if you are listening, you can just go there and find that website. Uh, Well, thank you guys both so much. I've learned quite a lot today about downsizing. I feel better about throwing out those headphones. I've learned about the, the secret money bears and the cigar box for all the unusable string. I, I, it's been great. Uh, so again, I want to thank you so much, Melinda, for joining us. Uh, tell us where can folks find you if they want to find out more about smart moves or what you're currently doing? Sure. So we're located in Southeast Wisconsin and cover the whole area here. And our website is smartmovesforseniors.com. And you can find us there. And there's lots of contact submission buttons. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, just check us out. We're also on Facebook. So we like to put fun, relevant articles and information there as well. Great. And uh, Bruce, before we close up for the week, where can folks find you and learn more about your books and all the other stuff you've got going on? They can find me at my website at brucesteam.com. On there, you'll find um, many, many articles that I've written because I write for a local magazine on senior issues. Um, And we have interviews and all kinds of things for you to gather all the information you could ever need. So that's brucesteam.com. Great. Well, again, thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Melinda, so much. And thank you, everyone out there for listening. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any great future episodes. Of course, you can find the podcast at Bruce's website, which, as he just said, was www.brucesteam.com. Or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. So, Thanks again so much for listening and join us next week as we keep you moving in the right direction. See you then.